0: Welcome to this inaugural episode of the Sridhar Podcast. In the series for engineering grads, I want to help current students and recent grads from engineering school get the most from their university degree and set them up for success in their careers after university. Every couple of weeks, I'll be talking to tech executives, startup founders, and entrepreneurs to answer questions that students in engineering school have sent me and I have curated. My guest today is Vivek Ayer. Vivek did his bachelor's in chemical engineering at my alma mater, the College of Engineering, gindi followed by an MBA from the Indian Institute of Management, Calcutta, during which time I was also an exchange student at Baruch College at the City University of New York. He's a Senior Director of Product Management at Salesforce and has previously worked at Kony and Virtuosa. During his college life at CEG, Vivek was an avid quizzer. Welcome, Vivek.
1: Hey, thank you, Mani. Nice to be on your podcast. Thank you very much.
0: Awesome. Great to have you here. So Vivek, you're an engineer who went to uh, study further after undergrad and took the MBA route. As someone who could have taken the more technical route of doing a master's in engineering as well, what was your thought process when you made this decision to go uh, do an MBA?
1: Yeah, so Sridhar, basically, as I was thinking through that, I mean, uh, my interests were more broader and general, rather than being a very deep specialist, especially in the field of engineering. So as I sort of uh, wanted to look at a broader variety of pictures, where you could uh, dive deeper into areas that you genuinely like once you have had a broader view of things. Uh, that is something that I uh, chose uh, an MBA for because that does give you the wider canvas. Uh, it also sort of uh, helps you gain a wide variety of skills as well, which are different from an academic uh, pursuit, so to speak. And uh, overall, I think uh, an MBA gives you better career mobility. Uh, it gives you uh, an opportunity to sort of quarterback yourself and, you know, pass to different areas if that comes to that. Uh, so I think that was the reason why I ended up uh, choosing uh, the
0: MBA. Okay. So it, it looks like you were pretty uh, clear about what you wanted to do when you finished engineering, uh, Vivek. Uh, you know, what if the student, what if I'm a student who's not as clear at as you were? For example, today a student at CEG could be trying to decide between, you know, the options of working right after undergrad studying further like you did and studying could be either a technical degree like a master's in science or or an MBA, or maybe even starting a business, which seems to be more and more the case these days. Now, how would you advise them to go about making this decision?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is obviously uh, the decision for one's life. So it's not particularly straightforward, but one way is to think about it uh, in just utilitarian terms. So what that means is uh, you have a framework, right? Where you say, uh if i do this versus if i do something else uh, a- am i better off right i think uh, for example uh, my decision was like if i did an mba versus like say a doctorate in chemical engineering uh, am i better off right so that's the sort of trade-off one needs to apply you need to sort of think a little deeper about the pros and cons of each approach including entrepreneurship as the case may be and once you apply that framework you can uh, you know ultimately you will inch yourself with data hopefully uh, to a point where you could make a decision again it's very hard uh, it may be marginal uh, for most people it's going to be a marginal choice but um, hopefully you if you apply the framework it gives you some sort of uh, you know frame of reference
0: got it got it i remember you were pretty active uh, in quizzing while you were at CEG. you know did this activity really help you in terms of uh, uh, let me put it a different way right Students look for opportunities to improve their soft skills, um, you know, speaking, uh, professional writing, communicating with others and so on. Um, was this quizzing that you did related to that or do you have some suggestions on how students can do this while they're at university?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, thinking about it, hi- all that in hindsight is that it just helped you build a, a wider set of knowledge. I mean, quizzing is one such, but it could be things like writing uh, or you could just be a reader. Um, You know, what it helps is it uh, gives you a broader view of things, which is non-academic in nature, what uh, in India, we typically call as extracurricular, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you tend to build and you become uh, a little bit of a polymath, if you will, and you're able to uh, think in an interdisciplinary manner, right? So uh, you can, even if you specialize in something, uh, you have some nuance about uh, a totally different uh, area of study, so that helps you build an informed uh, opinion. Uh, if you read well, I mean, reading is something that you would have to do constantly uh, throughout your life, right? So if you get an, a capability to read fast and digest information well, that is something that will hold you in good stead, regardless of whatever career uh, you you are in. And reading across multiple languages is actually even better because it gives you even more uh, cultural nuance there. Again. Uh, listening is another important thing for example in quizzing we had to understand what the question was <laughs> and uh, instantaneously trying to figure out you know what the answer is so there was a little bit of listening i think one continuously has listen because we uh, usually uh, listen to answer right i mean you should not try to listen to answer you should try to listen to understand what the other it's not about you it's what about what the other person is saying so those are skills you know i have probably learned sort of in an abstract manner, but now I sort of realize that it sort of helped me um, and helped me in good stead. Again, it also helps you uh, negotiate, right? For example, uh, you have a conversation, say you're organizing uh, a department fest, which is particularly common uh, in engineering college, right? And so you have to organize it. So there may be certain things you want to do, but your classmate wants to do something else. So you would have to discuss the pros and cons and the economics of it and all that. So that's a good way to, you know, it sets you up Uh, for an office situation where you have to negotiate all the time, right? Where you want to do something, but someone else wants to do something else. And in general, I think uh, overall, just keep uh, expressing yourself. Uh, Writing uh, is is obviously a very critical area. Uh, Try to be more and more focused. Try to figure out how you concentrate better uh, things of that nature and articulate yourself and uh, build a cohesive point of view. I think these are a, a few things that in general, I mean, quizzing is just one one hobby uh, so to speak but if you have multiple hobbies it tends to sort of round up your personality uh, in a better
0: way. Great points great points I think you brought up some very good points uh, Vivek. Now what if I'm a student with you know one really significant barriers to overcome for example I remember when we were in university there were lots of students who did not have English as their language of instruction while they were in high school. Where do I start in that case you know to improve my communication skills And starting with such a handicap so to speak.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, that is definitely a handicap and, uh, you know, it's probably more so now that English has become sort of this uh, global lingua franca, uh, so to speak. So uh, I would imagine that uh, you try to put yourself in a position where you have to continuously uh, speak uh, or talk in English, communicate in English. At first you would obviously stutter and perhaps you'd not be able to articulate yourself. Well, perhaps you'd feel that you are in the wrong place but it is a journey, right? I mean, there are several people who have, uh, you know, trained in the vernacular, but are excellent speakers in English now, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. therefore, uh, you know, you just have to sort of stick at it because uh, articulation, uh, even what happens is in, in real life, you know, if you articulate something well, uh, the depth of the articulation is perhaps not as important as the way you articulate it. And therefore there's a lot of engagement. Say, for example, you're in an interview and you speak well, uh, there is a bias that the interviewer will get that this person communicates well. So therefore he's a favorable candidate or she's a favorable candidate. Right. So there is value in doing that. And I would say, uh, as the generations go by, we, uh, you know, learning more world languages, uh, would definitely help, uh, may, maybe Spanish, Mandarin, French, because as you sort of do that, you sort of build a, a holistic culture. And of course, uh, you know, Indian languages, we all learn anyway. Uh, so I think, uh, that is not as much of a uh, thing, it's already embedded in our system, but learning a little bit of world world languages would, would, would help you communicate, especially Chinese, right? For example, you think about India, China, they're like the, probably the second and the third largest economies in the world now. And then you, if you have to do business with each other, I'm assuming you have to interact a lot. And if you know Mandarin, you go a long way uh, in progressing your careers.
0: Makes sense. So... I- I'm a student doing a lot of things while I'm at university in addition to academics. Right. And I I do all of these because they're, they're fun to do. Um, But how do I find my specialization? You know, the skills that are really valuable and, you know, maybe even lucrative, you know, the skills that I should really get much better at.
1: Yeah. So again, I think uh, going back to the previous answer, I would say that this this also applies to the same framework, right? Mm -hmm. So of course there are two notions. Uh, for example uh, you could become a writer right and uh, you could decide to write you know in tamil for example and uh, write effusive prose and publish and succeed if you're really passionate and that's what you like to do then uh, of course if you're at it very hard you'd, you'd succeed right one day but again uh, on the other hand you know if you continue to do things that you really like you tend to become better at it so we should not stop that right mm-hmm. but uh again, there's a practical side of things, right? Uh, not everybody is so ultra passionate that, you know, they will not give up till they succeed, right? So therefore, you need some general skills. So I would just say that at any given point in time, have a sense of coding, because no matter you're, uh, you're not in any computer science, related process. let's say you're working in biotech or chemical engineering, or what have you, there is still a fair degree of computer science that's required pretty much in any sphere, even journalism, for example, today requires a lot of data munching and all of that, right? So therefore there is absolutely a, 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 a need to do that. And additionally, I would say, you know, the world is becoming very entrepreneurial, right? So understand how businesses work, right? For example, one skill is, which I believe you and I did not perhaps have as much. We did do industry uh, outings and all of that, but it was sort of seasonal and, you know, uh, but, but but try to embed yourself in an organization maybe for six months to see how does the organization operate you know how do how are decisions taken how are profit and loss sort of decisions made um, you know how are people mentored uh, you know things of that nature is also useful because ultimately that holds you in good stead uh, as you build your career further.
0: Good points. I think you brought up some good. Uh... Um, skills that are you know really valuable in in today's world uh, specifically what if i like what i'm doing right now right uh, but i realize uh, in a few years i realized that it's not as much fun as it was uh, initially you know do i persevere and continue or do i drop it up drop it and pick up something else to do how would you approach uh, this kind of decision
1: yeah i mean this is not a simple question i think a vast number of us uh, you know would have some similar predicament right because uh, mm-hmm. it's human nature that if you continue to do something for say 20 years uh, you would find that you know you want to change it right i mean it's it's just but uh, the nature of uh, of the human self so to speak so uh, it, it, the interesting thing to do is is you know one thing is assess and make sure that you have financial security uh, and you have the sort of uh, you know cushion to try new things And the second thing is once you do try new things, try to see if you can come back uh, to the old thing because sometimes the grass always looks greener on the other side, but you realize that your old role was better. So typically, uh, you know, try that. And also one thing is to try a safety cushion. Let's say, for example, um, you're in in a field of software engineering and you want to, uh, you're a developer for the last 15 years and you want to now become a product manager. So those are nuances you can change, but they are sort of incremental changes within the field. But if you wanted to leave your field and let's say, uh, go into like agriculture because your family has a lot of land and you want to do organic farming and things like that. Uh, it's good to have a financial cushion, do that. Assume that you're not going to get paid for two years and then see if you can sort of digest that decision. And then always try to see if you have a hook back, right. I mean, try to make sure that, you know, worst case, if something doesn't work out, you can always come back. So just have that, that trade-off again, it goes back to the framework conversation we had previously, right. Try to think of that in, in those nuances. Uh, every decision in life, you know, try to look at the pros and cons and, and evaluate the utility, and and move forward. It's a very hard thing to do because we are very emotional people, so we tend to take decisions based on emotion. Uh, and you know, we'll do it, uh, and we hope that you know the emotion will take it through. But uh, try to also apply a framework of reason on top of the emotion to see if you know that takes you forward better. Uh, that's my my two cents, at
0: least. Makes sense. Makes sense. So this this question came from a student that I spoke to uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she says, you know, that she hears it's a good idea to have a five-year plan uh, for one's career, but as a current student, it's quite uh, difficult to connect the dots between where uh, the student is right now and where the student wants to be five years from now. So does it even make sense to have a five-year plan while you're a student? Uh, If the answer is yes, how, how should one go about doing so?
1: I think it's uh it's good to have a a horizon like that in my view, Uh, in my own case, when I, when we started, when I started, you started our careers, right? I think we didn't really have uh, a notion of product management, which is what I do today. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had a role called business analysis and product management was was sort of coming up, Uh, you know, very few companies had that role, but I realized very quickly that that's something I'd like to do. Right. Mm So even in 2006, 2007, I felt like, you know, that's the role I wanted to do. So by 2008, 2009, 10, I sort of meandered my way into those mm. roles, right? So that uh, keeping having that long range plan, and this is what I want to do in the next few years, uh, helps you make this course directions, right? I mean, uh, some in your previous question, you had asked, you know, what if I don't like this, right? I have a five year horizon to say, you know, give this a shot for three years. After that, you know, try something else on the site. And, you know, have, uh, you know, by five years, maybe make the full transition, right? So those are things that a five-year plan always helps you articulate better. So my sense is, you know, you know, having a five-year plan, you don't really need to uh, sort of sit and stick to it. You know, day one, you have done this and day two, you have not done this, etc. It's not as detailed like that, but it's more of a guidance. Try to write up, uh, like I said previously, what do you think you want to be in the fi- next five years and see? Uh, how much you have to alter the document as you move forward and try to you know guide your decisions by that because you've put thought into where you want to be in five years so i think uh, it's definitely helpful uh, to answer the question uh, at the outset
0: makes sense makes sense so what i'm hearing you say is have a plan but also be flexible enough to sort of evaluate whether you're going as per the plan or you need to make changes and, and whatnot right that's essentially what
1: definitely definitely, definitely. Absolutely.
0: makes sense Um. Are there specific courses or subjects from your, you know, your engineering or your MBA coursework that you really put to use in your work every day, you know, put another way, can you list some courses and skills or subjects that you think are important for all students to learn well?
1: Yeah, so I think, see, uh, it's a nuanced question, because it depends. For example, if you become a doctorate in chemical engineering, pretty much all that you study in college would be required. Right, because uh, in AC Tech we had to sort of study all of those uh, subjects, but in my specific case, I, I actually changed careers after doing an MBA and all that. So some courses that I do in my MBA, like statistics, data science, etc., I find very useful now because I sort of uh, learned that there. Right, uh, alternatively. Um, you know, some of the courses that I did, uh, uh, you know, in my plus one, plus two, or my higher secondary, I took computer science and I learned how to code in C++. And that was uh, really useful, uh, you know, as I sort of built my career in software, right? So uh, in my view, it depends on the, on the framework and the decision. If you want to go uh, and you want to talk uh, and go into academics, I think talking to professors and, and learning how you can Uh, Take the nuanced conversation further uh, would be important, but if you want to go more the generalist route, I think uh, picking up skills
0: like statistics,
1: uh, economics, etc., would be would be beneficial.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Let's move on from you know uh, college and undergrad, and let's focus on people in the early stage of their careers. Right. What are your thoughts about money at this stage in one's career? Right. did you did you think about saving then? Did you invest your earnings at that point in your life? And again, I want to add a disclaimer to the audience here. Please note that this is not financial advice. Please do your own research.
1: Yes, yes. I think uh, in, in my view, uh, and this may differ from person to person. It's your own ethos. It's your own decision. Ultimately, it's your own money. So uh, you, you do what you have to do. But I would say one thing you should always look at is the power of compounding. Mm-hmm. Um, try to invest early and make sure that, you know, you let time increase your money, right? I think uh, that is just a, a basic thing. It's not even about, you know, getting and investing in the right stock. It's not about investing in Infosys in 1984 or Apple in 1999, or whatever, right? It's, it's about just uh, having a disciplined uh, investment, uh, making sure maybe 30, 40% of what you're earning, you're able to sort of invest. So... Uh, you should go ahead and do that. And I I would also say that you can try to seek professional help because one of the things that I felt I could do, uh, even though I'm not a specialist in finance, was I would just, you know, look up the best performing mutual funds and invest them. But uh, you find that, you know, people are actually do this for their jobs. Mm. So it would be good to get professional help and they help you sort of align your portfolio correctly. Think about it in ballistic terms. So try to see if you can... uh, also uh, get a good person who can give you like a framework of investing in various sectors. You try to maintain a balance, right? You want to see how much you should want to invest in stock. If you're buying a house, how much do you want to buy a house for? If you're buying gold, how much do you want to buy gold for? Et cetera. So there's a, a certain uh, framework to this as well. Uh, so I would just say power of compounding, professional help, you know, broad view, keep investing. I think that's what, uh, you know, It's at least I have learned uh, over the last few uh, years.
0: Great points, great points. I think it's. I think um, I am totally with you on that one. I don't think we can overestimate the importance of investing early and uh, and uh, you know taking advantage of the power of compounding. Great points. Uh, thanks, Vivek. Um, let me just come to the last set of questions. Uh, give me a sec here. Uh, something's wrong with my computer. Give me a sec when I do this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I expect that students will want to reach out to you after they see this video or hear this podcast. You know, are there areas that you can specifically help students and recent grads with? And and again, I will figure out a way to uh, for students to provide feedback uh, and and probably send you questions and in in a scalable way and send them on to uh, Uvic. But if there are areas that you would like to hear questions from uh, questions from students on, or maybe even help students on, what would those areas be?
1: Well, I think uh, overall, at this point, I can only go deep in sort of software. And that's what I've been doing for almost uh, 18 years now. Mm -hmm. And I can give tips about, you know, how a tech MBA helps, right? So I'm happy to answer questions around software engineering, software product management, and tech MBA. I've also sort of had the opportunity to live across the United States and India at these two, two countries, and I've worked in both areas for a good chunk of time. So I can talk about these aspects. Uh, this These I can talk about from my own experience. Otherwise, I can generally talk about some other things uh, based on what I have understood and what I've learned. Uh, but I'm, I mean, in general, I'm happy to sort of have conversations with with most folks. Uh, if they are sort of interested in all this, then and am absolutely happy to have a discussion uh, to see if I can add value uh, to their careers.
0: Great. Awesome. Thanks Vivek. So let's wrap it up with some rapid fire questions just for fun. So can you name uh, one book or one TV show that sort of changed your thinking significantly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll just uh, take an example of uh, a movie. I think I really like, uh, you know, Japanese cinema personally. So I really like Kurosawa's Rashomon. That would be an example. Uh, I like multiple TV shows, uh, and, you know, enjoy comedy, um, you know, I specifically like the wire, which is like, a uh, sort of a police drama based in Baltimore from the early 2000s. So I would recommend, I mean, it's a good way to tell a story. If, you, if you're talking about how to cohesively write, right. And in a structural manner, I think that's a very great example. So these are two things that come to mind and books that are multiple, um, you know, uh, so. You know, 1984, this Animal Farm, uh, much much of Orwell, and then there's a bunch of stuff that I've read around William Golding. There's a lot of stuff that read, written by Prem Chan, for example, in India, uh, in the Hindi language. So that's another uh, good area to, to explore. So absolutely, here yeah. So that's this is a tough question to answer in five seconds, but you know, <laughs> I, I'll just take I'll cheat a little bit.
0: I can imagine, but well, great fix. What was your best career move and your biggest career mistake?
1: Yeah, I think I would say I really enjoyed the product management work that I'm doing right now. So it was not a career track, like I said earlier. So one of the best career moves at least I did was to move from uh, move into a hardcore product management and sort of uh, learn that. So that's been good fun and it's, it involves good thinking. I think um, mistakes, um, overall there's nothing like a major mistake or in that sense, but uh, I would imagine that you know you should keep learning and upskilling yourself. Uh, all the time right Uh, so uh, it's never enough Uh, so you should continuously keep learning a day that you don't learn something new is a a day that has not been as productive in my view I mean it's a a little bit of cliche but uh, I think there is some truth to it.
0: Very true so if you could tell your 20 year old self just one sentence what would that center? what would you say?
1: I think uh, you know like I said keep learning uh, and, you know, one, the sense is, you know, in the presence, uh, in the present, you always feel like, you know, everything is overwhelming and it's so complex, uh, but uh, life tends to work, it, work itself out. I mean, uh, you know, at the age of 41 that I am right now, I feel like, you know, uh, it's, I have had a great sort of 20 years. So I think uh, there's nothing to worry about. Life tends to work out. Don't overanalyze, just, just uh, leave the moment. Uh, make decisions that are rational <laughs> to you and uh, it makes sense to you and if you do that uh, you'll generally uh, think think that it things tend to work out
0: awesome so keep learning and things tend to figure themselves out awesome uh, thanks suvik it was fantastic having you on the show I appreciate you taking the time sure thing man
1: thank you thank you Sridhar have a good one